You're listening to the World Watch weekly podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at opendoorscanada.org. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. I'm Andrew, joined by Jared and Nicolette. And uh, today, we're going to turn our attention uh, to where our country and our world has largely turned its attention for the last week. And that is, uh, we're going to talk about Ukraine and the situation for Christians in that country and, uh, and how that relates to the persecuted church. Just some housekeeping before we get into that. There are two things coming up that we want to draw your attention to. The first is our parliamentary release of the World Watch List, which is happening in April. Uh, this is an event where we share uh, the World Watch List report and some policy recommendations to uh, members of parliament from all across Canada. And it would be really helpful if you guys um, invited your MP to this event. Uh, you can find a link in the description of this podcast uh, where you can where you can do that. Yeah, and in case you're wondering, that link is opendoorscanada.org slash invite your MP. In addition to the World Watch List in Parliament, today, if you're listening to this on the day the podcast comes out, Wednesday, March the 2nd, is Ash Wednesday, which traditionally marks the beginning of Lent, 40 days until Easter. And many of you will likely be doing uh, some sort of fasting or some sort of Lenten practice in preparation for Easter. Uh, but if you haven't decided on something you're doing for that yet, we wanted to encourage you to consider spending the next 40 days in prayer for your persecuted brothers and sisters. And we have a resource that you can use to do that. It's called 40 Days of Prayer for North Korea. And it involves, of course, prayer requests and specific ways that the North Korean underground church can use your prayer. But it also involves tangible uh, ways to, to, to remind yourself of what the church goes through. Ways that you can if you will, live like a North Korean. So every week there's a couple suggestions, and these include things like uh, just eat rice for a meal or turn down your heating and appliances in your home because these are just things that so many people around the world uh, don't have access to. Little things like that that can just turn our attention to the suffering that some Christians endure around the world. So again, you can find the description for that as well in the podcast. It's a, it's a document called Live Like a North Korean. You can also access it on our website. Uh, and we would encourage you to spend time in that over the next 40 days leading up to Easter, praying for your brothers and sisters. Now, this week, of course, as I already mentioned, uh, the world has been focusing on Ukraine. And the invasion, <coughs> excuse me, has been focusing on Ukraine after the invasion uh, by Russia. And now, like always, uh, but today especially, we want to make sure that the information we communicated is validated and accurate. But also, our, our purpose on this podcast, as you hear every week, is on helping you pray for your persecuted family. And so through prayer, we want to strengthen the church around the world. Now, Ukraine is not on the world watch list, but Russia has been in the past. We actually mentioned this on the episode a couple weeks ago about countries outside of the top 50. The church in Russia sees a lot of pressure if they are not part of the Russian Orthodox community. Yeah, the government 
instills laws and, and uh, tense pressure against uh, people who are part of minorities and are not part of the recognized religious faiths. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. But interestingly, the history of Ukraine and Russia kind of ties into the history of Open Doors because Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Union. And Open Doors had its beginnings in 1955 when Brother Andrew, I've talked about this many times, uh, visited the church behind the Iron Curtain, which sort of divided Europe in two. And he began by smuggling Bibles into communist areas. And that included what was at the time the Soviet Union. Now, eventually, as we all know, communism collapsed in Europe and uh, the Soviet Union shrunk and Ukraine declared its independence. But that was only 30 years ago, really. Now, the results of, of all of that today is that church leaders, uh, because, because that's relatively recent events, church leaders still remember what it is like to endure suffering for their faith. Leading up uh, to last week's invasion, uh, they were preparing for the worst. The, the president of the Ukrainian Baptist Theolog Theological Seminary said that prior to the invasion, churches already agreed that those that are in the western part of Ukraine, uh, told, which would be farther from the Russian border, uh, told our brothers and sisters in other parts of Ukraine that if something happens, we will open our homes and our churches to you. But they refused to give up their faith in spite of, uh, of the challenges that they may face. He also said, the church will go underground. You have to understand that historically we had the experience before under the Soviet Union. So the church did not forget what does it mean to be persecuted. And I think that we will rearrange, reorganize, and still do what we always do, still preach the gospel. Their fears about persecution aren't just based on the past. In 2014, the region of Crimea in southwest Ukraine was taken under Russia's control. Since then, we have seen persecution increase. In 2021, just last year, at least 10 Protestant Christians in Crimea received fines for exercising their faith. Andrew, that quote that you just said uh, from the president of the seminary about yeah. still doing what we always do, preaching the gospel, to me, that's just an incredible reminder of the strength that our brothers and sisters face, even in the face of persecution. I'm curious if either of you uh, saw that video that was going around social media of the house church in Ukraine singing hymns together. Did either of you see that? I have not seen it. Oh, it was a really moving, just a short clip. They were singing, um, uh, He Will Hold Me Fast in Ukrainian. It was a family or a house church uh, singing, He Will Hold Me Fast. But it was on the day before or, or leading up to the invasion, and they were still meeting together and faithfully worshiping. Uh, incidentally, the Open Doors Twitter account did retweet that video, so by all means, go and, and check it out. It was a beautiful thing. But in the face of the pressure, the church continues to to exercise their faith. And, you know, Russia, in, since 2014, has imposed a number of administrative processes against churches. They use uh, what is called Yaravaya laws, or anti-missionary laws, in areas that Russia has control over, such as Crimea. These laws criminalize evangelism and they use evidence gathered on social media in order to impose fines and arrests. One example from just last year was when Russia's security service raided a small church in Kerch, which is a town in eastern Crimea, allegedly to make sure the community was operating in compliance with Russia's religion law. In the end, one church member was accused of and fined for handing out evangelism leaflets to two women who were not members of the church. And so the church has been 
under growing pressure in, in other parts of Ukraine too, such as the Donbass region, where, where Russian-backed rebels have attempted to proclaim independent republics. Last year alone, three churches were banned by the authorities in these self-declared republics. And because their independence from Ukraine is recognized by Russia, the rebels have the motivation to continue their practices. So as we watch the situation continue to unfold, we want to lift up our brothers and sisters who are looking ahead with trepidation and worry that they will have to move their churches underground. Let's take some time to pray right now. Lord Jesus, we lift to you this conflict between Ukraine and Russia, and we ask that you would be with um, the leaders of both countries as they uh, negotiate. We pray that your wisdom would be with them. We pray that um, political gain will not um, take precedence over um, regard for human life. And um, we pray that we pray that um, the conflict won't grow. We pray that there won't be an increase of attack, but that peace will reign. Um, we pray that any uh, plans uh, of attack or any plans to terrorize or to harm, um, that those plans would be confused and that um, the citizens of Ukraine uh, would be protected and that the conflict would uh, die down and that, that an agreement would be able to be reached um, without, without violence. Um, we bring these things to your name and we know that uh, your wisdom is more than enough to navigate through these difficult circumstances. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, we also pray for your church in Ukraine, for your children who are striving to be a light in a dark time. Lord, in the midst of violence and warfare, we pray that they would see opportunities to live like Jesus would, Lord, opportunities to encourage their neighbors. We pray that they would be able to keep their faith and like that uh, house church that was worshiping together, Lord, that they would be able to encourage each other uh, to learn from each other, to find comfort in your words. Lord, I pray that you would grant them a special abiding sense of your presence in this time. I can't imagine what they're feeling and the fears that they would have. Uh, but Lord, as they look ahead to the future, may they always know that you are with them. And Lord, we do pray for a miracle and we pray that, uh, that in the end, the church would continue to thrive and be free and there would not be a need for the church to go underground. We look forward, Lord, to seeing what you will do in Ukraine, in Christ's name. And Father, we pray for those who have been displaced, those who have had to flee God, whether they've fled to other parts of Ukraine, to Poland, to Romania, to other neighboring countries. God, we just ask that your protection upon them. God, we ask that they would be accepted with open arms wherever they flee. Father God, and that your provision and protection and uh, would just be around them. God, I pray that amidst uh, all those that are fleeing, Father God, may, uh, may Christians share the love of Jesus Christ, God, and, and show compassion and love and generosity and, and all the things that, that make us more like Christ. God, I pray that you would be with those who have had to stay and uh, who have had to literally go underground for protection from explosions, God. And, mm. and so I pray, Father, that you would protect them. God, we pray against disease. We pray against uh, uh, any, any uh, physical harm, Father God. And we just ask that, as was already prayed, God, that you would bring a swift end to this conflict.
God, humanly speaking, it doesn't look possible. But God, I don't pray to someone who, uh, who relies on human wisdom. God, so we ask, Father, that you would bring an end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I know it was a little different focusing on a country that's not on the World Watch List or even the Persecution Watch countries. But uh, it is something that is obviously on the tops of our minds uh, right now. And so we wanted to let you know what, what the situation is like for Christians there. And, uh, and so please be praying for, for peace there and be praying for our brothers and sisters around the world. As always, uh, send us an email at podcast at odcan.org if you have any questions. Uh, and follow us on social at Open Doors Canada. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find more ways to pray for your persecuted family on our website at opendoorscanada.org or follow us on social media at Open Doors Canada.